You don't sound autistic. Well, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. We like to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Also, be sure to join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. That's You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA. Or is it YDSA, You Don't Sound Autistic? Rochelle. It's YDSA is at the end. Okay. So You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA. We like to welcome listeners from all over the United States and all over the world and everyone that's new to the Facebook group. Welcome. Absolutely. And check out the website. Rochelle has created a website, you don't sound autistic.com. You can check out episode show note. You sound like me. <laughs> episode of, show notes. Episode show notes. It's late. <laughs> episode show notes and links to reference materials in the episode post. Check out the brain hugs or the shop to find the products we use to manage our daily lives. And for our new listeners, Rochelle. You Don't Sound Autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. We Each week, we do our best to represent both neuroperspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss life with multidiagnosis through a multi-generational neurodivergent lens. We follow an open, unscripted, conversational format that represents the real-life back-and-forth of communication and collaboration. Even if you aren't raising the next generation, you'll find the comparison of the age groups helpful in seeing the more hidden patterns in the DNA of your lifestyle and lineage. That's right. This is unscripted. Who knows what we're going to (laughs) say? Including me. Including us. (laughs) You know, one thing I realized is I don't have anything to drink. Oh... I'm sorry. Used to be so good about that, but now. Well, we we sh- we've shifted the studio, and um, I'm all out of sync. <laughs> I, de- all I don't right. have anything to drink either. Yeah, I, I think whose fault? Have to- whose fault is that? I'm 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 parched. I'm asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I, guess. I need to be I need to be quenched. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me ready ready remedy that. Hold on. All right. And with the power of a little bit of. Editing magic. Rochelle has cultivated our beverages. <laughs> it's called pause. It's okay. Um, all right. So we got Halloween coming up. We do. So um, again, what did we talk about last year? Do you remember? Well, last year we went to the pumpkin patch right. and we were working through priming although we didn't have those words for it back then i think we called it like building a framework or a frame of reference um you know it was just overwhelming and at least it was the color orange you know which is which can be kind of calming so we were just working through that you know like the apple orchard and right we're not doing any of that shit this year. We forgot. <laughs> it got cold real fast. I think most of us are under this cold front. So I don't know. It's like we brought out all of our Halloween decorations too. And I sure haven't put up any of them. Make sure you don't accidentally switch your mic off because I can't see you. Oh, did I do that? No. Okay. I'm just making sure. Thanks. 
Um, yeah, but we have Halloween coming up, and uh, so I thought we would talk a little bit about the the youngster, which of course always leads to conversations about myself. Sure, I mean Halloween is one of those um, holidays where it can be it can be so overwhelming, and yet at the same time you kind of have this thrill for it because. You know, if you get into the whole vibe of the scary and the noises and the, you know, the frightening things like that could be something that stimulates you. Um, I, I find you're either in, you know, two camps where like you you can handle scary movies and it doesn't phase you and you're totally fine with it. And you can see kind of the makeup behind it all. And you're like, yeah, it's cool. Or like me that can't handle hearing the show from around the corner behind a pillow you know like i just i'm just too scared so halloween's always kind you're of you're halloweeny <laughs> i just i'm scared i'm scared by the holiday i love the fall aspect of it but i don't love halloween it- itself personally all right well i can't wait to talk about it then what but, a what a hoot this is gonna be no it's just it's just i know i i'm not on the spectrum but i do think that sensory challenges or something that are not exclusive to, to you you're not in the spectrum but you have a tight rectum <laughs> when, okay when it comes to being terrified <laughs> old tight rectum syndrome <laughs> okay well i do i'm a scaredy cat i don't TRS. know what to tell you i'm gonna own it i mean i think that this whole thing is about not masking and if i'm gonna not mask i'm uh, is to avoid halloween your criticism is, halloween is about masking that's a different kind. I've I've pretended to be okay with the fright end aspect of it for a very long time just because I know how much you crave it and I don't want to get called all the names that you're going to call me when I tell you the truth about how I really feel, but at this point I don't care. Like I'm a scaredy cat and I'm okay admitting that. Growing up, I, I watched um, scary movies starting at a very very young age because i have siblings that are both older than me 12 and 13 years older right. my brother and sister and so yeah when i was like four years old five years old i was watching nightmare on elm street halloween no way. friday the 13th i've still never seen those movies oh man they're so but they're i mean they're cheesy they're kind of schlocky is that a word i don't know it sounds like a word campy but they're fun Okay. Especially when you watch them with a group of people. Especially when you watch them with a lady, you get oh. and you get and you get the cuddles because they're all scared. See, now that is so opposite for me because I don't. I would be so scared I wouldn't want to be touched. Like I, you wouldn't get to cuddle with me, even if I was in in that kind of a mood. If you want to cuddle with me, I want to see like a rom com or I want to see like a like a a mystery or something with. What's problem- not romantic about Halloween, the movie? Michael Myers. It's not sexy about that. The dude <laughs> in the mask. William Shatner. Yep. Nope. Not me. All right. Nope. Fight or flight. I'd be totally in fight or flight. And I'm I'm just to the point. I'm just telling you. I'd be scared. Well, I'm in full delight, which is stupid. No, that's okay. I mean, some people are. And that's, that's perfectly fine. I mean, the, everyone's, you know, adrenaline and... and Enjoyment comes from completely different aspects. And I think the beauty of where we're at now is that we can sit there and go, you know what? We can just tell the truth about how we feel and then respect that the other person, we may be on opposite ends of this one and that both are okay. And in the past we didn't, we used to try and squeeze ourselves into some sort of solution 
that made both people happy. And it was so much of a compromise on both aspects that we were both miserable. Are you saying that we're both on opposite ends of the rectum spectrum? <laughs> that for Halloween, yes. That's right. Mine's nice and loose. Okay. I don't want that visual. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's par for Halloween, though. That's right. Anything goes. Like, I'm okay with all the skeleton looks, you know, and all the kind of like skeleton romantic. What does my sister call it? It's, um, ah. It's called boning. <laughs> no, that's not the name of it. She calls it death romance or something. I can't remember. Like, all the, it's all out at Michael's. That's kind of like the black skulls and, you know, the purple hearts and things. And because I'm a massage therapist, right? And I love, you know, work with the bones and muscles and nerves i mean like i like that kind of stuff but you like skulls i do i especially like the ones that, that come apart they're called didacting skulls and i like putting them back together but i don't like it when people add all the goop or all the you know all the extra stuff that Man, is, goop's my favorite part it's just too it's just too sensory overwhelming for me like all right that's it i'm i'm a puddle i'm i'm not gonna make it you're a puddle yeah, I can't you're a do puddle it. of goop. I have no spine. Yes, no. All right. Like I used to date someone who would work um, as a lighting technician down at Bush Gardens in Tampa Bay for their Halloween. I can't remember what you call it now, but their Halloween event. And he's like, "Oh, come on, come on! No way, no way!" Because they pay these 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 kids, these actors, to you know look like they're still parts of the exhibit and yet they're not they're just waiting to catch you off guard and come I chase you and freak you out and i'm sorry but that will haunt me for like years halloween horror nights like at universal studios you never did that i made it through one time i made it through after a an exorbitant amount of peer pressure i was resentful i was miserable i was so scared to death and i was even more hateful because i couldn't tell anyone i was super scared like it just didn't it didn't work for me. For me, it was a, a collaboration of all of the <laughs> moments in my life that I couldn't just be myself and and stand up and say, "Yeah, I'm not going." All right. So that's but that's I love the decorations, you know, around the house. I like. Um, I like. Do you remember the year where I I got that big spider from like the dollar I store? Hate you for that spider. Oh, yes. Man. And I yes. scared you and your sister. We we obliterated it. You never found it, right? I can go to the dollar store and buy now I'm gonna buy two. No, no. You're the one that lost it. We didn't lose it. We wanted to take it from you, but you're the one that hit it one night. <laughs> that was the best part. Because you kept threatening us with this spider. It was huge. And we're both deathly afraid of spiders. And but you're the one that got yourself all relaxed that night and hit it and then you never found it and we just never told you where you hit it. <laughs> You told us where you hit it a couple of nights later. <laughs> you just didn't remember. Great. Well, I'm going to have to go get a new one. No, thank you. They're all out. Nope, they stopped making them. Okay. Well, I'll have to DIY myself a spider. No, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that. No. Thanks for reminding me. No. No, but I've actually, I've, I've heard that, um, you know, sometimes you can, you can not be as affected by scary things, uh, especially if you have like a high tolerance for, um, it's like visual input. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't. I thought I did, but I, I don't. I, I don't know. Some people do though. Some people are just unaffected. They, they just enjoy it, and it's totally cool. I think for me, it's because it's you know it's like I was watching those, um, and they're not good movies by any means, 
but you know they have some entertaining death scenes in the uh the final destination movies i was watching those back to back the other day yeah and uh the best i think of the five movies one of the best deaths is the dude that gets his intestines like sucked out when he and it's like would that really happen probably not but it's amazing because the guy like the pool's draining spoiler alert the pool is draining and uh, i think it's the fourth movie and the guy like jumps in the water to go after a coin that he like dropped out of his hand and then he gets stuck his like ass gets stuck in the drain and the suction gets so strong that it sucks his intestines out mm. and he dies yep nope that's too much visual for me all right la, 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 la. But uh, yeah, when I watch that stuff, I look at the artifice of it and I'm like, wow, I wonder how they did that. Like the special effects and you know that like the actors are fine. I'm sure that's true. But is that partially because like you have more ability to read things literally? Like you can watch something unfold and see the literal aspects behind of it? Because, you know, sometimes I just wonder, you know, we talk a lot about how autism affects everyday life and and some of the differences between you and I, and I've always felt like that was one of them, but I don't know if that's autism or just, or just you, because I don't see... Maybe I, a little bit of both. I can't see... It's Blake-tism. Okay. Okay. I hear you. Yep. So, because, I, I mean, and also, I had exposure to it. You were saying that when you were a kid that your mom would cover your eyes and stuff. Oh, until I was, yeah... Um, probably 21 22 no i don't know maybe 12 yeah because my mom was scared so she would just cover all of our eyes so how, yeah how did she cover six kids eyes i don't know she pull you into her bosom no okay no no i don't remember maybe it was just me then i don't know they were all boys i don't know if she did the same thing she did to me oh maybe they're not a bunch of weenies like you are maybe they're not maybe it's just me maybe it's just you um yeah i I mean as far as the you know this that is a big thing that comes up around the holidays is the the sensory nature of um how people react and it is kind of weird you know as far as the the autism scale spectrum whatever you want to call i was what i was reading something the other day and someone's like i don't like calling it a spectrum why i don't know because they were saying you see a lot of a lot of uh, a, a very familiar theme among people that um, are diagnosed or self-diagnosed with autism is that they'll tell people they'll you know they'll confide in someone and say like hey you know I was diagnosed for instance and uh, like across the board people will say you know that the response is you know, you don't seem autistic or you don't act autistic. And um, I lost my train of thought and where I was going with that. But Something about not liking that it's called a spectrum? Someone said something about that. Someone said that they were talking about that, about the person, you know, not the autistic person, but the person that they were speaking to, like confiding in them. Right, that their reaction it, was? Something about using the, the, the term like, um, well, I, th- you know, well, I think everyone's on the spectrum. Oh, so you're saying the spectrum almost has this all-inclusive feeling to it now? Where people are like, well, everyone's a little autistic and it's Then it, that's like, not autism. No, I, mean, I know, but it it's I think what it, I think the reason that a lot of people 
don't like that is because it takes away from absolutely i mean it shouldn't it well, shouldn't I, take hold on it shouldn't take away it shouldn't take away from your journey and your peace of mind if someone's a fucking idiot and is like well everyone's a little ocd or everyone's a little bit no. adhd because people use adhd as a term to be like, oh, that's just my ADHD when they don't actually have ADHD. Right, I hear that a lot. And so I think yeah. when people say like, oh, well, I think we're all on the spectrum, aren't we? No. It's like it just shows their ignorance that they really don't understand. Like, no, we're not all on the spectrum. Now, if you were to revise it and say we're all a little neurodivergent. Even that's not necessarily true. You, maybe a lot of now, people show uh, traits that can lean toward appearing to be you know on the neurodiversity scale but that doesn't necessarily mean you're on the spectrum correct that's what i mean so neurodivergent you have to remember is a very broad term and it doesn't it's not exclusive to autism it's not exclusive to adhd it's it includes tourette's which we don't talk enough about dyslexia dyspraxia dyscalculia dysgraphia it includes um, anxiety and depression. And because it includes anxiety and depression, it's a much wider umbrella than most people want to acknowledge. And so the thing about anxiety and depression is that it is, it's not nearly, while it can be intense to have chronic anxiety or generalized anxiety, most people don't even recognize their own anxiety as being anxiety they like oh I'm just okay I'm just stressed I'm just stressed like we have this this blanket term f- definition for stress that really actually is working anxiety but we have these people we have so many so many of us actually are working through anxiety and depression and those are the genetic cornerstones of neurodiversity that over the generations become diagnosable ADHD and and autism however you can have autistic traits or you can have autistic moments, you know, like in terms of behaviors that can be rigid and inflexible, but that doesn't mean that you're autistic. Just like you can have a moment of forgetfulness and you can have a moment of dis- of high distractibility and low productivity. It does not mean you're ADHD. Like true ADHD and autism can actually be seen in brain scans, whereas those symptoms or those moments or those stress those stress factors are just stress factors and it doesn't necessarily mean it's imprinted your brain to a point where it's diagnosable. And that's the real separation between the two. Now, if you were to say, well, we're all a little bit stressed and we're all a little bit anxious and we can all have little, you know, swings of, of big depressive feelings. Yes. But to be categorized as major depressive disorder, it's only a two week period of depression. And for me, when I, was reading about this I'm like two weeks when you're depressed most most individuals that I know live with depression for months to years and two weeks is like well yeah that was yesterday you know but but diagnostically it's a two-week period to be classified as major depressive disorder so that's nothing that's a that's a Tuesday for me exactly my point and so I just don't think that we fully understand what it is that we're saying, and we don't understand how to listen and receive what someone is trying to express when they're like, oh my gosh, I just had this big diagnosis. It's almost like 
what we're really missing is the frame of reference to understand what the other person is saying. And we're just, and, and that, that response, whether it's denial or whether you're minimizing someone or whether you're trying to talk them out of it or trying to talk them into it. It's more about the other person's struggles to process the information and, and not, you know, if you're the one saying, Hey, I, I just got diagnosed. It's not, it's not about whether your diagnosis is correct. It's more about the other person's ability or inability to receive it. But we don't ever look at it that way. We don't ever take responsibility for our own responses. We just push it back on the other person and go, Oh no, you're really not. No, you're not. Oh, you're fine. It's just a little, it's just a little this, it's just that. Or do the opposite and, and, and try and push you into, into believing you're something you're not. I stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I really tried. Okay, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. You say were just it, saying say about a spectrum. Yeah. Why it shouldn't be called a spectrum. And, um, But I think the reason why it's okay to call it a spectrum is because it's not linear. And when you actually look at all of the conditions that live under the neurodivergent umbrella and how often they overlap, you know, ADHD and dyslexia can overlap, but not be autistic and autism can overlap with, you know, anxiety and depression, but not have ADHD. I mean, there's, there's an infinite combination of, of how your brain developed divergently from what we consider to be typical. I think the true myth is how many people are actually neurotypical out there i think our social norms are neurotypical everyone wants to be part of the cool kids club i think our assumptions of of society are neurotypical i think we've built a world that's functions with expectations that are neurotypical but i i struggle to believe that most of the people in it are still within that frame i think i think there's so much more um I don't want to say the word diversity, but I just, I, I think that we don't update our societal structures fast enough to actually reflect the people that are in it. I think that's a bigger problem. Because society moves quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. We live fractured. If we live in fight or flight, we, we live in a polarized place where we're constantly distracted and, you well, know. Well, no, but I'm saying people move faster than maybe I should say. Society moves quickly, but people themselves are what's moving quickly, not... Not the society. I agree with you now. society yes. itself. I think the... Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> sorry. Whoa. I'm just trying to itch my back. I just... You mean almost, scratch your back. Oh, right. I mean scratch. Um, the itch is the thing <laughs> that you're scratching. I can't ever get that one right. Yes, I'm scratching. Um, I think the it's the individualist movement. It, us, everyone as individuals are doing an incredible job of stepping back and saying, I'm going to represent myself. I'm going to be true to my own feelings. I'm going to, you know, create a schedule that works for me and I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm going to take care of my family's needs and, and worry only about what we think, you know, for the sake of our own family and ourselves and not worry about what everyone else does. But that's the power to the individual. And that's it's individuals that change the structure that we all live in. So I think it's being done correctly. I think we have to heal as individuals before we can heal the society we're in. We need medication. Right. And exercise. Well, and when I say heal, I don't obviously mean heal autism. I just mean our own. It's more about. Well, you can, you can, you can't cure autism, but you can heal some of the 
um, the over the underlying issues that come along with it to a degree. Agreed. I agree with that. And I think you can nutritionally support um, ADHD, autism, anxiety, depression. We've talked before about Dr. Drew Ramsey's book. It's called Eat to Beat Anxiety and Depression Using the Foods that You Need to Nourish Your Brain. It's a it's beautifully written, easy to understand book. Um, if you're interested in it, it's it's in our shop. But Dr. Ramsey does a phenomenal job of explaining how just changing your diet can change how your body has the nutrients to handle things like, you know, rigidity and um, um, sleep issues, your digestive issues, your sensory processing issues. Like there's so much of it that's diet related that we're that we're just starting to understand. All right, get that book. Get us some money, <laughs> yeah. and teach and 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 do it for you, not just for us. Do it for you, right? Well, and I, you know, I work with um, several families that have teenagers, and I thought honestly, I thought it was difficult to get um, a almost four year old to eat the way I want him to. But I really take my hat off to any of our parents that have teenagers because. I can't get myself to eat well, and I'm 38. <laughs> That's a good example. But the difference is that I, I'm not your parent, so I'm still not... Uh, you're 38, so you're responsible for what you eat, although I would love to control your diet and help you feel better. At the end of the day, I'm not going to fight you on it. Typical woman wants to control me. But if you were my son... if That you, was a joke, ladies. Yes. <laughs> Just this one particular woman. I'm not generalizing. <laughs> if you were my teenage son... And I was still responsible for your health and well-being. And I was trying to convince you, because now you really have the ability to do a little bit more about what you want. Uh, you know, and, you, and you've got all these conflicting hormones going on and these social structures that are difficult. And you're keeping up with the demands of high school. And di- high school is definitely built. Let's not forget the constant boners. Okay. Well, it's Halloween. I, I wouldn't know about that, but yeah. Oh, for Halloween? Yeah. Boner. <laughs> We're talking about skeletons, right? Okay, I follow. Yes, I'm just saying it's it's so much more difficult for our parents with teenagers um, because there's you're trying to teach your teenager how to evaluate food decisions in a way that's brain you know brain healthy and that helps them like make it through their stressful day, and yet they don't really want to be told anything, and then. Did you know that neurologically, I think it's by the age of 14 or 15, like the actual brain stops tuning in to your parents' voices and starts tuning them out because your brain's chemistry is geared towards individuation at that point. So you're neurologically less inclined to even listen to anything your parents have to say, which makes you so much more susceptible to peer pressure and to the surroundings, you know, of your friends and their beliefs. And so... You know, subs, it's easy to get into substances at that point, even if it's just something like. To be fair, the first person that ever gave me a substance was a family member. Well, and that, there you go. That's not a unique story. So it was like Christmas. I think I was like 15. I talked about the, uh, the first time I ever drank ever, but um, I think I was like 15 or so. or Maybe I was 14. I don't remember. Um, and my mom's like, want to do a shot. Whoa, your mom. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. That's funny. Yeah, I think I did a shot of uh, Jack Daniels or something. At 15. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. But I mean, things that are underrated as substances that can easily be abused are things like sugar. 
um, you know, carbohydrates in some ways, like if you're carb loading, I mean that all of those things actually can impact serotonin levels, which there goes your brain chemistry right there. You're eating sugar, which they've said is more addictive than, is it heroin or cocaine on the, on the opiate receptors in the brain? It's one of the two, like it's a heavy, it's heavily addictive. Sugar wrecks your whole body and it wrecks your glucose and your insulin. And we know that autistic individuals, but also neurodivergent individuals, um, there is a relationship with blood glucose that doesn't function as normally or doesn't function as normal. So you're even more susceptible to the impact of sugar. I love it. That's part of the problem. More sugar, the better. (laughs) That's another reason why I don't love Halloween. It's so, I wish we could just hand apples to everyone. Like they used to do that. Maybe you should move back to the olden days. (laughs) <laughs> you imagine how bad trick-or-treating used to suck <laughs> have you ever seen those pictures of like halloween costumes from like the 20s no because they were all like handmade uh, my mom made our they hand. look like shit from us they look like villains from scary movies now oh man no i didn't see that the handmade masks and the costumes and that was back when boys well, I guess some boys wear dresses now. But, you know, like in baby pictures, like everyone wore a dress. Mm. Oh, sure. You I know? know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, I diverse. So. Y- you diverse? That's not the word I meant. No, it's not. I regress? Is that the word? Nope. I, what's the word? Digress. Oh. <laughs> I screwed that up. And I'm the one who's autistic. <laughs> Sorry, that was really bad. Yeah. I couldn't, gonna, you, I couldn't uh, pull it in What my are you going to blame on that one? <laughs> I'm not blaming it. I couldn't. Too much sugar today? I didn't have any sugar. Yeah, you did. You had a donut. Oh, yeah, I did. Well, I had half of one because he took it. Oh, so you gave sugar to the autistic child. More is like, yeah. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I did. Thanks. All right, that's fine. I outed you. Thanks. Yep. Wasn't me, folks. Wasn't my idea. I wanted to give him fruits and vegetables, but Rochelle said no. <laughs> I was like, hey, can't we go to the fruits and vegetables store? <laughs> and Rochelle's like, we're going to Dunkin' Donuts because she wanted coffee. That's right. I did. So then I had to get a donut. I was forced. Yep. And I also had to get a big ass chocolate drink. I twisted your arm. I remember. Yep. I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I'd rather be drinking a broccoli smoothie right now. <laughs> Goes down smooth. <laughs> well, those, those little tree that chunks. That little green sludge. Yeah. That's right. Good job. It's my favorite. I call it a broothy. <laughs> okay. And it does look the same coming out. <laughs> um. Oh, my God. What was that? I Oh, speaking of Halloween. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but um, I have that condition I suppose. I don't know if everyone deals with this. There's like a bunch of things I grew up dealing with that uh, as I got older, I didn't realize were things. I was just like, well, I guess everyone deals with this, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably thought the same thing. Like, you know, with, you know, your diagnosis, especially if you're diagnosed as an adult and someone's like, hey, you're autistic and, you know, it's full blown. You get the diagnosis. I mean, that is for my money, like a wake up call like, whoa, you know, and then you reflect on your entire life and you go back to the beginning thinking like, wow, that was that 
that's the reason that this happened and that's the reason yeah, that happened to me with dyslexia and asthma but but, but what, what, though i was gonna say because i have that um uh what is it like the reflexive thing you know like when not everyone does this but when i like i sneeze when i go out into the sun oh yeah i can't remember the it's name of it like photo Photos. photo photo reflexive sensitivity or something like that and someone mentioned that to me because i like walked outside with them at work and uh i just started sneezing like crazy and they're like oh you have photo reflexive sensitivity so it, i don't know if that's the exact term but it's something like that sounds right right that's impressive that they knew the name yeah um and i was like what and he's like yeah not everyone sneezes when they go outside it's like you have a condition and when he said that he made it sound like i was dying (laughs) um but one of the other things is uh, so that was a wake up call to a degree where i was like what you know and then uh i had we had dinner i made this dinner and it had beets in it okay and i remember going to the bathroom and i peed and it came out pink yeah beets will do that does it do, but does does it do that to everybody? So beets are how we used to dye clothes red for a long time. Natural beet juice, like it, it has that kind of intense pigment. So yes, it, I didn't realize that when you beat your meat, it meant that you were turning your penis pink. <laughs> I don't think that's what they meant either. But beets do have that quality to them. Yeah. Yeah, I dyed the toilet red. Okay. For Christmas. Oh, for Halloween. For Halloween. Yeah. I forgot what holiday we were talking about. I mean, yeah, foods. It's like the the asparagus thing. I was actually reading some article and they're saying it's not, what is it? It's, it's, it's not that like everyone's pee smells funny when they eat asparagus. But not everyone can smell it. But not everyone has the, yeah, not everyone has the olfactory sensation to where they actually smell the difference. Well, so it's one of these conversations that's been brought up a lot by COVID because who did this test is what I want to know. <laughs> I I I don't have I have the I have gene uh, expression challenges with smelling things. Like some people have a very strong sense of smell, and I can in for certain scents, but generally speaking, I don't. I I have a pretty so dull. You don't smell asparagus pee. I don't. I don't. Oh, I can tell. It's sort of like corn. You know, like when you go to the bathroom and you're like, when did Why I... Why are we on this topic? I don't know. Halloween so, makes I have you to think... go to the bathroom, I think. Well, then let's pause because no, this is okay. Halloween. Like, Now, granted, you know, this is the kind of scary, frightful thing that reminds me of the whole holiday, but... Um, All right. I'm just trying to color the conversation. <laughs> let's do it differently. I'm making it colorful. Yes, you are. That's fair. Oh, shoot. Now I hit the microphone. Um... But yeah, going back to the sensory sensitive seeking and all that kind of stuff, you know, like we go harken back to... Oh, so is going after the scary movies, is that a form of sensory seeking? I guess so. I mean, for me, it's like, I, you know, the gore and everything, like, it, it's weird because like real life violence, I, I can't watch and I avoid. Like the news. Yeah, like when I when I'm reading news stories and it's like really violent like war stuff or whatever, but then I'll watch a movie about it, you know, like Saving Private Ryan or something and guys are getting their legs blown off and then guys walking around with his arm in his hand, you know, in his other hand. Right. And, and, and I'm just like, "Wow, that's really cool how they did that. How the hell they do that?" 
Oh, so it is that ability to see the literal framework behind it all. I mean, I guess so. It when, I you, mean, when you when you put it like that, it makes it sound less cool. <laughs> I think it's still cool that you can do it because I can't. But even knowing that it's fake, I still can't do that. So I mean, I don't think that that's something everyone can do. Def- yeah. You know what I mean? It's I don't know, but then people watch like UFC and they watch um I can't boxing. Watch that either. No, I can't. And I'm not into you know, I mean I'll I don't know. I'm not saying I've never watched that stuff, but I, I just I don't I'm not drawn to it. Nope, I don't like the emotion. But like movies like what's that movie called? Um Hostel. Where they go to, you know, it's like the movie starts out and it's kind of like Euro Trip, where it's got a little bit of humor in it, and then all of a sudden people are getting their eyes flame like with a people are getting like using a flame torch to. This is why I'm sensory avoidant in this area. Like I can't the pain of that. I just it it just. Come on, you never seen that movie? It's directed by Eli Roth and. Nope, I would never watch a movie Tarantino. Well, I like Tarantino, but. Um, I would never watch a movie called Hostel. No, but it's it's not Hostel H O S T I L E. It's H O S T E L. Like they go to a hostel in Europe. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have known the difference reading that word. On just honestly. Okay. You know that the, that's what those are called, right? They're called hostels. I mean, now that you say that, yeah, that I I remember it's that. It's just a place that you go stay. They're 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 very. Um, they're not hostile at all. Okay. Well. Anything scary, I'm not gonna do. They are in that movie. Okay. I guess. I guess it. When it comes to Halloween, I guess the best way I can self-describe after our conversation today is that I'm sensory avoidant. Okay. What a party pooper. I am. I'm sorry. Come talk to me at Christmas, Easter. You know, I'm I'm good, but but this particular one, I'm just. Did you, you know, see the trailer for that movie, Violent Night? The Christmas movie? You know that I didn't finish the trailer. I could not get through the trailer. It's basically like Die Hard, but Santa Claus is John McClane. Which I thought conceptually was fine, but then once I saw too much of the killing, I was like, yep, I'm not oh, done. Man, I'm not going to do it. I can't wait. Nope. nope Saint nope, nope, Nick. La la la. Saint Nick coming at you with a machine gun. Well, I appreciate the safe place to just tell you the truth that that's how I feel because... I know, and I, I feel s- and I and I feel safe saying you're a weenie. <laughs> I just can't fake it anymore. Okay, I'm uncomfortable. No, because seriously, when I was, I didn't. I used to tolerate certain things and try and get through them, but I I think I'm just scarred for life because postpartum anxiety brought back every single moment where I was ever uncomfortable and every visual scene that I had that I had not processed from all these movies and trying to be cool and, you know, trying to be the, the cool, you know, girlfriend or wife or whatever. And I paid dearly for it after, after the baby, because it just, everything was then something that my mind told me could happen to me. Let me put your mind at ease, Rochelle. You were never the cool girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, now when it came to that stuff. (laughs) Oh, you whined about it the entire time. <laughs> Did I really? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> I don't. I don't say things like that. I say that when I do the dishes sometimes, but I don't. Did I? No. Nope. I didn't. That's yes. Not me. Yes, you did. Uh huh. 
I know how many years I tried to mask and get through it. I would. I just tried to fake it, and then I'd just pay for it at night. I'd lay Typical there. Typical woman faking it. Okay. When it came to the movie. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm not generalizing. Okay. Good. Typical Rochelle faking it. Well. Oh, man. Now you're going to make me sound bad. No, it's fine. Okay. Um, but uh, what I really wanted to get to, uh, now that we've gone on this 40-minute tangent... Um, you know, so with Halloween coming up, uh, it's, it's for, for our family, like we're trying to figure out, are we going to go, you know, cause Declan's now at an age where we could take him trick or treating and we haven't really done that yet. Um, uh, but he's super... got his, he's got his costume all picked out or yeah, Michelle he's... bought costumes for us. He's into the costume part of it. And like when we went to the zoo and it was daylight and he could, Oh, quietly approach the, the what do you call them? Vendors. The, no, the well, there were vendors around. Yeah, the little stations, the little trick or treat stations. Like yeah. he could navigate that okay, and he did fine. So I think you know, being a year older, I think he could do it because he's not, he's not always socially avoidant. Sometimes he says he walks by, you know, kids. You know, the other night he was like, "Mom, let's go ride the bike," and. There were kids down at the tennis court, and so we went down, and we took his bike, him and I, and he's like, hi, guys, bye. Like, he's trying to engage with these older kids. He does say, like, when people, like, adults are walking around, I'm the one that's socially avoidant. Like, I'm like, stop talking to those people. Yeah, he kind of walks. He'll walk right by him, but he's like, hi, how are you? And he smiles, and, and I do that kind of thing, and so he does it, and... So I don't, but I don't know. That's not the same thing as like going up and trick or treating and asking for candy and then, and then it's that's an exchange. That's a ping pong. You, you don't know? ask for candy. You do. That's what trick or treat is. Yeah, but you see, you, first of all, I've not once I've triggered. I triggered. I was going to say I've trick or treated for thirty eight years, and that's not true. I trick or treated till I was seventeen, which okay. I'm embarrassed to say. Not once did I get a trick. Oh. Only treats. Well, Why don't we just walk up and say treat? <laughs> well, th- tradition. Treat or eggs? Okay, or I'm, apples. No, I'm saying eggs because we'll egg you if you don't give us a treat. Oh, so that's a bull. Yeah, it's okay. Well, I, d- I mean, you make a good point. I don't know. I, I don't know how he would do. I think he would be fine. It's just then it comes down to where do we go at night? Like he can be kind of impulsive and... I don't know how he would be in his costume. He's been practicing wearing it, you know, because like his head's too big for the mask. So I had to buy him a totally different mask um, because he can't, you know, it's just there's so many little aspects to it. And then it's a Tuesday night this year. Yeah. Halloween's always going to be. It's like rarely on a Saturday. I know. So I don't know what we're going to do because I don't know that the although he wants the candy, you know, like last year we went to Chuck E. Cheese because it Halloween was on a Sunday. Or was maybe it? it was a Monday night. And no, we just we, went on we, a Sunday. I think it was something we like We went that. on a Sunday because they had a sensory sensitive um that's a oh that's something we should mention too. You should look into that if you do have a little one that is Chuck E. Cheese age. Right. Now it's not like you go around and get candy, it's just that they No, but they have a sensory they they dim the lights a little bit, the music isn't quite as loud, the There was no music, I think. No, there was music. Really? Yeah, just what everything was quieter. There weren't, and we went in there. There was nobody there, and the store opened earlier, um, so it wasn't really open to the general public 
so we got there two hours before they opened. Right, that's right. And the creepiest part was when um, Chucky <laughs> Chucky came out and was doing his little like shuffle over to us, and Declan was not having it. He was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah, he was really terrified. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know what we're gonna do because there's so many complexities to the actual like Halloween trick or treating part of it. I don't know where. I think we should do it. I think we should go trick or treating this year. Okay. As we both yawn, what a thrilling episode this probably is to listen to. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like when I was a kid. I loved Halloween. I loved dressing up. I liked the, you know, getting the candy is cool. Like when you show up, you know, at the end of the night and you dump your, you dump your bucket out and you and your friends would all compare what candies you got. But of course that was after your parents rooted through it and got all the good candy. Not mine. My, my, no, but I was being the oldest. I'm the one that got stuck at the house earlier on in my, you know, childhood career to give away candy so that my mom could take the younger kids out to get candy so i ended up just having to steal from our own candy to get any my mom doesn't buy good candy <laughs> so yeah mormon candy no they were, we weren't i didn't mormon realize then, mormon cel- celebrated halloween it has nothing to, there's th- those two are not correlated no i'm serious uh, did you celebrate halloween when you were absolutely. mormon absolutely yeah it didn't make a difference That's oh i a, thought that that was like a pagan holiday and you guys didn't no, celebrate that no there was no exclusion to halloween my mom just has very thinking, um, I must strong. Be, I must be thinking of Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, that's not Mormon. Um, but we, my mom, just had very strong opinions about sugar, so it was more about the quality of the candy and fun. <laughs> no but, fun allowed. Know, she wasn't wrong. The sugar actually is a deter- it has a deteriorating effect, and and I have a brother who's addicted to sugar, so her motives weren't wrong. It just the one time of the year to be lax about it you know but she was just ultra strict about so many things that but it didn't matter she like the mom that gives out toothbrushes and toothpaste on halloween if she found one that she liked it would not be beneath her um because she'd be the one person to do it my mom my mom loved being that kind of person that would think outside the box and you know do the one thing no one else is doing but it's halloween it's supposed to be fun but it i think it's also we just have so many more things we have to consider well, one thing that um, I, I've been reading about and learning in general about uh, preparing your kids for anything is, you know, when it comes to Halloween, you do, you know, especially if you have a kid that's neurodivergent, you know, you do need to kind of prepare them. Not all kids are going to need as much preparation as others, but it's not a, oh my God, I just had a great idea. Okay. Preparation H. <laughs> For Halloween? For Halloween. <laughs> All right, kids, you ready for Preparation H? <laughs> that's hilarious. Prepare your diddly holes. I doubt that's going to have the same impact. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Preparation H. Ooh, that should be the name of the episode, you think? No, thank you. <laughs> no, All right. you're funny. How about the Preparation H? No, thank you. No. All right. No. Uh, but no, it, it's uh, you it know letting letting them wear their costumes... Uh, before the holiday getting them comfortable in that whole aspect if they have they you know a lot of times they'll have events um, around town so look you know um, every every town's going to be different but you know like Rochelle mentioned we went to uh, 
the boo at the zoo and that was like during the day it's a good way to kind of like ease them into it because it's you know daytime and they get to dress up and everyone's in their costumes so they mm-hmm. kind of get used to it the only thing about that is that you know the the experience of going to the zoo in and of itself can be uh, an overwhelming experience too because of the sensory overload because there was like a lot of loud music and there were a lot of people oh, there. Oh, that was that. That's what we did last year. And I was really mad because of the speakers near the food. Right. I remember now. They yeah. They were giving I out was, like free Coke Zeros and stuff. I was so angry because that, that loud bass, I don't do well with the loud noises. Like I'm okay with sudden noises. I'm, I do a little bit better with sudden unexpected noises than you do, but you have ADHD. So like, loud unexpected noises is really jarring you know for you where where for me i can hear that noise and and then processing okay i need to pay attention to something what was that i take action but when you have that steady big speaker loud bass in your face rattling the ground i'm walking on you know six feet of speakers in a small space i'm i'm just downright angry i i can get furious really fast i can't think i can't are you miffed a little bit, yeah, and then I can't breathe. It just, I just feel like my, my chest. I just, I can't breathe. Can so. I feel your chest? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> you're funny. I just no. want. I'm trying to be helpful here. Oh, okay. Well, even in I that, want to mo- feel your heart palpitations. Yeah, even in that moment, that would not have been helpful. All the only thing I could do is just escape the place. Is just move on. All right. So that was. But you see my point. My point is yeah, about... and you're right. It's called priming. Preparation H. It's called priming. You have to prime. It's behavioral priming. Behavioral priming mm-hmm. by using preparation H. <laughs> what are you going to be when we're priming for Christmas or Thanksgiving? I don't know. Hep C. <laughs> you're on a roll tonight. Helpful. I can't think of anything Christmas. funny. No, like it's not all Christmas. There's a lot of holidays at that time. I don't know. Um, I think in helpful, general, exciting preparation for Christmas. Hep C. There you go. Uh, in general, any kind of big event that you're getting ready for needs to come with that conversation. But because Halloween also has the costumes, you know, a lot of the times your your costumes can be super uncomfortable. They've gotten a lot better, though. It's not like when we were kids and it was just like a plastic um mask with a rubber band attached to it now they have like real like cloth mask and they're a bit more comfortable you know what i mean it's not the same yeah how do you feel about the multicolored pumpkins like there's the teal pumpkins the teal that's supposed to be like a sign that someone puts out that they're like autism friendly or something Mm -hmm. um i'm fine with it i don't see what the big deal is i mean i think it's cool but the thing is that what you got to walk around every house and see if they, cause that's the thing. Like someone like Declan, he's not going to want to only go to the houses that have the blue pumpkins. No, he's not. He's going to want to go to the ones that are going to scare me to death. It's not about you, Rochelle. It's about his enjoyment. Well, I have to be there too. So it has to be a Put little bit. Put your fight, <laughs> flight, fart and fornicate on, <laughs> on hold for a second. And just be scared. Be a little scared for him. How about you? For just, him. Be no, brave. I'll just stand at the sidewalk. You got to be brave. I don't know that I, I have anything left in there. I, I spent it all masking. I'll just stand at the sidewalk and I'll just watch you take him. You all two right. are fearless. You can, you can take him. I'm not. A, what's there to be afraid of? It's Halloween. It's not like anyone's going to... It's it's Unless it's like a really bad night. Generally, I had one 
bad experience on Halloween. Um, when I was uh, like 14 or 13 or 14, these guys tried to jump me and my friend. Oh, that's a really bad night. I'm yeah. sorry. So I faked an asthma attack. That's actually smart. Yeah. I pulled out my inhaler and I was like, they they were. Then your mom gave you a shot of whiskey. That was no, that was Christmas. Oh, that was Christmas. Get your holidays right, Rochelle. Sorry. Yeah, nobody nobody drinks on Halloween when they're fourteen. It's Christmas time. Celebrating the birth of Christ with a shot. Okay. I I didn't think that. Okay. Celebrate JC with a shot of JD. No, I'm I'm so tired. I'm just laughing. Oh, I don't know what else to do. I'm not being very funny then, I guess. No, you are. I just my my holiday experiences for so many years were just different. They were they were scripted. There was no negotiation. It was traditional. You know, it, it was decided for me. And then our holidays have always been about trying to accommodate family. And you and I just get stuck in this. We have. I mean, I will. Last year was probably one of our best years, but we always just get stuck in this holiday battle of needs. And I feel like it starts with Halloween and it ends, you know, with the new year. I think that's finally where it all ends. But we have so many different aspects that we have to try and juggle and compromise and, you know, fit in to create this this fabric that works for the next three, next two months that by the end you're just exhausted. And that's... Before you even allow family to come over or you make the journey to go to family. I mean, there's at least Halloween is one where you're not expected to travel. Every ho- every holiday from here on out, it's got some sort of bigger family implications. More than that, like Christmas is hard because, you know, like I remember like my sister was buying gifts for like cousins and then those cousins have to buy gifts for her and her family. And then, you know, she's buying gifts for her friends and then those friends are buying gifts for her. I'm like, oh my God, I just tell everyone like, don't give me anything. I'm just going to keep it to the people that I'm actually going to be around on the holiday and let's not spend all of our money on crap we don't need. I agree. I don't, yeah, I don't want, I like consumable things, things that I can use and enjoy and throw away. I like just, lube. <laughs> I just wanted to do a little throwback to last episode, make sure everyone knows I'm still paying attention. Okay. All right. I it's, don't... Con- it's consumable. I mean, don't drink it. Right. Unless it's flavored. Well, I, I was referring to things I could light on fire, you know, like candles. Oh, I thought you meant like flammable lube. No. <laughs> no. Um Yeah, shit. I was just about to think I, I was just about to think of something and now no. What's the word? Say something quick. Okay. Well, um I think for, as, when I go into Halloween, cause we have one more week to prepare. This is probably the week where we need to spend the most time really having the conversations with our kids and with each other or about what our expectations are and like how we're going to piece together the holiday so that it's happy and rewarding for everybody. And it's sometimes that for some people, myself, that could mean doing as little as possible. Obviously, I'll be there to support Declan, but, you know, I'm not looking to make it a big deal. Oh, sorry. I had to look something up because I saw some TikTok the other day and we uh-huh. were talking about f- things catching on fire. Uh-huh. And I had to look it up and I just looked it up again just to make sure that I was saying the right thing. But that, you know, when you say that something is in something, 
that it usually means is it's the opposite of the thing. Okay. So like insensitive. You, yeah. Right. Okay. But inflammable. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's not flammable. What? Yeah. Did you know that? I don't think so. Yeah. So inflammable means easily caught on fire. Okay. I know this is nothing to do with the real, with the episode, but I I just it popped in my head because we're talking about f- huh. flames. I've probably been using that word wrong Fire. my whole life. Yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so just make sure that I'm you're like, oh, to... that's inflammable. It's like, oh, that means it can easily catch on fire. Well, that's why that word drives me nuts so much because I just stopped that's using... That's the English language. Some dude that's on TikTok was talking about... He's one of those guys that like knows all these different languages and he's been studying languages. Uh-huh. And... Um, it's like, you know, hardest language to learn, easiest language to learn. He was like listing off all these different languages and he was like, uh, longest dictionary was English. Sure. And we just keep adding to it. Well, there are certain words that I just di- I just deleted from my vocabulary because I can't remember when my word recall gets stuck. I'm not going to search for a word that I'm insecure using. So, man, you sure use a shit ton of words, though. The one, just the ones I have memorized. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't even get all of those right. <laughs> all right. Well, prepare your little ones for the holiday. Or if they're bigger. Do some, do some dry runs. Take them to a family member's house or Teenagers what have you. count as well. I mean, there's just as much preparation that needs to go into having this conversation with teenagers and, and as adults. You, and as you uh, autistic adults that have kids, you got you to gotta buck up and do what I do, which is... You, you you gotta pretend <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's it's hard because it's like you want to make sure that the kid the kiddos are because i mean you could be uh neurodivergent and have a neurotypical kid right and so you know it's you don't want to sully their experience on the holiday so right. but sometimes you know sometimes it can be overwhelming so you know find some alternatives you know maybe you can go to like we were talking to uh <laughs> our new friends mm-hmm I'm <coughs> sorry. And um we were st- and w- they were t- saying that there's a like a Halloween parade that they have. So it's like they can still experience the holiday without necessarily have to do trick or treating. So if you are going to be sensory um sensory, overloaded yeah. by going to people's houses and and doing that whole thing, like there you know there there are some alternatives and I think I've heard of them having places where they do like they did it during COVID where they did like the um like the trick-or-treating but they did it through like people's car trunks so like a bunch of people got together in like a parking lot and did trick-or-treating through their car trunks so the kids got to dress up and they all just like walked to different people's cars yep and got different candies some community organizations will do that well and that's the other thing that i think is really cool is that in a holiday like this although there is a halloween night more than likely what you'll see is the extension of it into the preceding weekend so like most of that hollow that that weekend oh some people it's like <coughs> the okay? second i'm fine <laughs> um it's you know september 1st and they're putting up their halloween decorations i know i sound like i just smoked a bowl or something i just you, you drank water. water went down the wrong tube <laughs> <coughs> i'm okay i'll be fine thank you for listening all right um do you have a pop minute for us? I have a news minute and a pop minute. I was just going to read this one. Sure. News minute. Ooh, that was good. 
All right. Let me see. Is this really long? It's not super long, right? I don't know. I just thought this was this was funny. Want to know if your cat loves you? Look <laughs> out for these signs. I have to stop you. So, do you know that I have it's recently come across research where they have measured the oxytocin of cats and dogs after spending time with their owners, and they can prove that cats love their owners less than dogs? Yeah, that makes sense. That's why dogs are man's best friend and cats suck. <laughs> okay. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I was, just, I was surprised there was real data behind it. I don't it. care if my cats hear it. <laughs> okay. Want to know if your cat loves you? Look out for these signs. This is a by Emily Blackwell from the University of Bristol. Published. Okay, I'm not going to. This was from October 18th. Of this year. Um, of this month. Even the most devoted cat owners wonder at some point, perhaps waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, whether their cat really loves them. Dog people like to smugly point out dogs' long history as humankind's <laughs> best friend, as Rochelle just pointed out was absolutely true. But research shows cats' reputation as a cold and aloof pet is undeserved. Mm. Because of their evolutionary ancestry, domestic cats are by, by their nature more independent than dogs. The wild ancestors of our cats didn't live in social groups as canines do. However, during the process of domestication, cats developed the ability to form social relationships, not just with other cats, but also with people. While they may not rely upon people to feel as feel safe as dogs do, many cats show affection toward their guardians and seem to highly value the company of their human companions, blah, 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 blah. Let's get to the list here. Look out for scenting. In particular, cats use scent to identify members of their social group or family by sharing a group scent profile. Basically, this means that when your cat is rubbing its head on your leg or people uh, you know, that are coming into your house, it's a, a way for them to show that they love you. Um, hmm. It's said that uh, cats have scent glands on their flanks, head, and around their ears. Flanks meaning what their asses. I have no idea. And often rub their heads against people and objects they are familiar that are familiar and comforting. Okay. Does your cat rub its head or side against your legs? The soft sensation you feel against your calves is actually your cat identifying you as a friend and is a huge compliment. Watch how they greet you. One of the most obvious signs that your beloved pet is fond of you is the way that your cat greets you. When cats greet members of their social groups, they show signals to indicate friendship and a desire to move closer. Cats also show these signs signals to humans a tail held up in the upright flagpole position shows a friendly intention the feline equivalent of a wave even though i feel like many times my cat is giving me the finger <laughs> indicating familiarity familiarity trust and affection okay some cats also use an upright question mark shaped tail to greet someone they like or to motion that they want to play cats sometimes intertwine their tails as a sign of friendship and the human equivalent of this is to wrap their tail around your calf and then there's a bunch of other crap on here. Uh, look for blinks. Okay. Your cat might also be secretly signaling their affection by the way they look at you. When cats encounter strange humans or other cats they don't know, they usually greet them with an unblinking stare. But they are more likely to slowly blink at cats they have a good relationship with. This can be a sign of trust, contentment, and affection. Similar to a human smile. So if your cat's blinking at you... See, I feel like the cat stares at me. The cats will stare at me all the time. And I just don't see them blinking. But maybe they are blinking and I didn't realize that they were just cats smiling at me. <laughs> a little pussy smile. 
They get up close. Cats are very protective of their personal space and don't like unwelcome guests to invade it. If a cat allows you to get close to them, that suggests a close bond, particularly where the contact is frequent or long-lasting. Yeah, Chloe likes to sleep in my back. Um, oh, I guess I can finish the rest of this. Curling up in your lap for a nap is a sign of deep trust. Grooming only happens between cats with a warm relationship, so licking your hand or face can be a show of endearment, even though those barbed tongues may not feel all that gentle. True. So I thought that was kind of funny. That's it, cool. They don't mention the fact that cats will do all these things and then also scratch the shit out of you, Yep. Um, swat you, bite you, nip at you, yep. little fuckers. Yeah. I love cats. Um, <laughs> all right. Pop minute. Uh, this is a little old because we're behind a week, but Angela Lansbury passed away last week, last, last week at the age of 96, just a few days shy of her 97th birthday, which would have been on October 16th, probably most famous for her role as Jessica Fletcher in Murder, She Wrote. The show ran for 12 seasons with a total of 264 episodes and four made-for-TV movies. I didn't know that. There's Murder, She Wrote movies? I guess so. I forgot sometimes that TV shows used to have so many more episodes each season. Now it's like nine to ten. Yeah. Back no, in the... Go ahead. No, I. This is the first series I ever grew up on was Jessica Fletcher and Murder, She Wrote. All right. Sounds like a good Mormon show. Back in the day, you got a lot more show. If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, you probably recognize her as the voice of Mrs. Potts in the 1991 Disney animated feature film... Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Not to be confused with the 1992 release of Booty and the Beast. <laughs> I did not know that existed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it, it does. Another death was in the news last week. Robbie Coltrane, a.k.a. Hagrid from the Harry Potter films, died at the age of 72, oh. appearing in the HBO Max special Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Return to Hogwarts, Coltrane recalled his time in the films and Hagrid's impact. Everybody in the world would like a really big, huge, strong man on their side. Simple as that. That's the attraction of Superman in these things, he said. Hagrid was always obviously the good guy, wasn't he? He was. I think it's kind of funny, though, when you, when you read that, it does sound kind of weird. Everybody in the world would like a really big, huge, strong, good man on their side. But he was... I mean, he he did play that kind of iconic character. I mean, oh, that's just sad. I didn't realize that we lost him, too. Yep. I, yeah, that's okay. Sorry to bum everyone out. Let's talk about something fun. Okay. Lube. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Well, be safe out there this Halloween. Go trick-or-treating with your kids. Get dressed up. Have some drinks. Just have fun. Just don't drive. Have fun in any way that is... Halloween responsibly. It is It is fun for your family. Yep. Customize it to meet your family's needs and no apologies needed. Everything. You know, as long as you guys are taking care of yourselves and happy for it, then we applaud you. That's right. Another quick reminder to, the, to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes. Join the Facebook group. Join the conversation. That's YDSA, You Don't Sound Autistic, or You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA, one of those. Um, and also, you don't sound autistic.com to check out episodes. Uh, God damn it. Episode <laughs> show notes and links to reference materials and episode posts. 
Except I'm super behind, so just don't well, hold just, it against me. I'll no, but if, you, but if you do hear anything in some episodes, the, you can go check them out, and a lot of times we will have yeah, things I, that I we have reference. Yeah, I have a bunch up there. And if I, if I haven't put something up, because I'm burning the candle at both ends right now, and I'm behind, if you, if there is a reference from a specific episode that that you don't have access to on the website, just shoot me an email through the what, through the website. I'll figure it out and send it right back to you. I don't want you to wait, have to wait on me, but... I, I am behind. Like, I need an assistant. Okay. Who wants to apply for that position? I don't know. It's it's unpaid. It's yeah. uh, it's paid in gratitude. That's not true. It's Yeah, it could be an unpaid intern. It's it's very highly paid in gratitude. Right. Yes. Which is worth nothing. Oh, <laughs> it's healing. It's worth a lot. It's, it's just, worth so much. Just hey, you know what? Can't though, use it to pay your rent. <laughs> to be, right. Can't use it to pay your rent. But it is great. You know, we do, we do hear from our listeners, and we appreciate you guys and gals. Um, you can't, it's so weird. Like the language of the world has changed so much. Like you can't say guys as an all encompassing thing anymore. We just appreciate hearing from anyone and everyone that reaches out to us on the show through yeah. any one of the platforms, like your messages, uh, mean everything to us. And, and it's what keeps us, it's what keeps this train moving. It is. It is. The Hogwarts Express. The YDSA Express. The YDSA Express. Yes. Um, all right. So this is episode 57. Holy cow. Holy moly. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Um, happy early Halloween, depending on when you're listening to this, or happy whatever holiday it is that you're listening to this episode on. That's right. Could be Flag Day. I don't know. Happy Tuesday. That's right. All right. I'm Blake. I'm Rochelle. And we'll be back. Cue the music. <laughs> <laughs>